Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is To a Waterfowl by William Cullen Bryant. Bryant was the eldest of the fireside poets, though, like the other fireside poets, his beginnings were in New England. He moved to New York City at the age of 26 when he left his law practice in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, to pursue a literary career, becoming editor of the daily newspaper The Evening Post when he was 34, a position he held until his death at age 86. He became active in both the New York literary and social scene and in anti-slavery politics. He introduced Abraham Lincoln before Lincoln's Cooper Union Address, which established Lincoln as the leading national figure of anti-slavery sentiment and served as an advisor to Lincoln in the early months of his presidency. Active until the end of his life, Bryant died from a fall following the dedication of the bust of the Italian revolutionary Giuseppe Mazzini, which still stands in Central Park, having delivered the dedicatory oration. In To a Waterfowl, The poet addresses a solitary duck high and distant in the evening sky on its migratory journey. Where are you going, he asks it, as it flies toward the setting sun, disappearing into the darkening crimson by the poem's end. Though the poet doesn't know the duck's specific destination, a weedy lake, a river's edge, the shore of the ocean, he does know its essential destination a new home among its fellows, and rest from its journey. At the heart of To a Waterfowl is a mystery. How do birds navigate during their migration? This was a mystery when the poem was written in 1814 and continues to be a mystery today, 200 years later. Biologists have made many suggestions. Navigation by the stars, the sun, landmarks, sensitivity to the Earth's magnetic field, an unknown olfactory sense, but none have yet proved satisfactory. Bryant makes his own suggestion in this poem that the duck is guided by an unseen power with a capital P, an unseen power that guides our way along our life's journey toward home and rest as well. Bryant's readers would have recognized this unseen power as God, whatever their specific religious beliefs. Instead of the bleak New England Calvinism that we find, for instance, in the traditional gospel song Lonesome Valley, Bryant gives us something beautiful, something hopeful, something poignant, something more reassuring. Thus the imagery, the rosy sky, the far distant figure, little more than a speck in the sky, the joy of arrival in its new home is both beautiful and meaningful as a representation of our life's journey toward a new home. Let's listen. To a Waterfowl by William Cullen Bryant Whither, midst falling dew, while glow the heavens with the last steps of day, far through their rosy depths, Dost thou pursue thy solitary way? Vainly the fowler's eye might mark thy distant flight to do thee wrong, as, darkly painted in the crimson sky, thy figure floats along. 
Seekest thou the plashy brink of weedy lake, or marge of river wide, or where the rollicking billows rise and sink on the chafed ocean's side? There is a power whose care teaches thy way along that pathless coast, the desert and illimitable air, lone wandering, but not lost. All day thy wings have fanned at that far height, the cold, thin atmosphere, yet stoop not weary to the welcome land, though the dark night is near. And soon thy toil shall end, soon shalt thou find a summer home and rest, and scream among thy fellows, reeds shall bend soon o'er thy sheltered nest. Thou art gone, the abyss of heaven hath swallowed up thy form, yet on my heart deeply hath sunk the lesson thou hast given, and shall not soon depart. He who from zone to zone guides through the boundless sky thy certain flight, in the long way that I must tread alone, will lead my steps aright. To a Waterfowl was written in 1814, when Bryant was just 20 years old, and published in 1818. It thus precedes two better-known poems also addressed to birds, John Keats's Ode to a Nightingale, written in 1819, and Percy Shelley's To a Skylark, written in 1820. The three poets were about the same age when they wrote their poems, but the poems reveal very different sensibilities. Keats and Shelley, part of the second generation of the great British Romantic poets, chose birds distinguished by the beauty of their voices and write of their songs in words of ecstatic rapture, revealing their own intense romantic souls. Neither sees the bird they write of, but only hear it. Bryant, on the other hand, writes of a bird he sees but doesn't hear, or makes no mention of hearing it if he does. He imagines its scream of happiness when it joins its fellows at the end of its flight, but that scream will be the honk or quack of a waterfowl, not the rapturous melody of a skylark or nightingale. The waterfowl, duck or goose, I imagine a duck because it's more uncommon for a goose to fly alone, is a common, ordinary bird, befitting, one might say, an American poet, one who is thoughtful and appreciative of beauty, to be sure, but one also who will one day go about with a country lawyer famous for splitting fence rails before becoming one of the great figures of the 19th century. We are fortunate to have the rapturous poems of Shelley and Keats, but fortunate, too, to have the more homely poems of Bryant. Let's listen again. To a Waterfowl by William Cullen Bryant Whither, midst falling dew, while glow the heavens with the last steps of day, far through their rosy depths dost thou pursue thy solitary way? Vainly the fowler's eye might mark thy distant flight to do thee wrong, as, darkly painted in the crimson sky, thy figure floats along. Seekest thou the plashy brink of weedy lake, or marge of river wide, or where the rollicking billows rise and sink on the chafed ocean side? 
There is a power whose care teaches thy way along that pathless coast, the desert in illimitable air, lone wandering, but not lost. All day thy wings have fanned at that far height, the cold thin atmosphere, yet stoop not weary to the welcome land, though the dark night is near. And soon thy toil shall end, soon shalt thou find a summer home and rest, and scream among thy fellows, reeds shall bend soon o'er thy sheltered nest. Thou art gone, the abyss of heaven hath swallowed up thy form, yet on my heart deeply hath sunk the lesson thou hast given, and shall not soon depart. He who from zone to zone guides through the boundless sky thy certain flight, in the long way that I must tread alone, will lead my steps aright. I hope you've enjoyed To a Waterfowl, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. And visit this podcast's website, firesidepoems.com, where you'll find previous episodes and also my email address. I'd love to hear from you to learn a little bit about who you are and what you like as you join me each week by the fireside.